people are interested to get rich. Like there's a large, large, large amount of people who are interested in the NFT and crypto space because they believe I'm going to buy this. Someone's going to say to buy this and I'm going to buy this NFT. And all of a sudden my life's going to change. I'm going to get to quit my nine to five job and I'm going to take my family on a cruise for a year. Welcome to a better lifestyle. I am your host, Richard, and I will be with you throughout this journey. This show is here to empower individuals to do more in life professionally. You will find a variety of topics that will help you to be more productive and more successful. So join me and the professionals from different industries as we bring education and knowledge for more success. Hi everybody, my name is Richard. Welcome to A Better Lifestyle. Today it's all about NFTs and I have the pleasure to have Rich Cordona and Heather Parody with me from, uh, from the podcast NFTs for Newbies and uh, they accepted my invitation and I'm very glad of that. So I thank them in advance for taking the time to do that with me. So today's segment, it's going to be uh, pretty basic, just the basics of uh, NFTs. And um, for people who know about NFTs, maybe it's going to be something that you heard before. But if you're not new to the NFT space, uh, you got to learn all that stuff. So I'm going to start, uh, ladies first, uh, I'm going to start with Heather. So uh, Heather, just tell us a little bit uh, the basic, what is an NFT and uh, how does it work? Okay, well, that's that's a banger of a first question. Let me tell you what an NFT is. We had a whole show about what an NFT is. We were trying to figure it out. Um, the the technical definition of it is non-fungible token. And I always love telling people that because if you are like Rich and I and you're not techie and you weren't in the crypto space prior, when somebody's like, oh, an NFT is a non-fungible token, you're like, thanks, Paul. That explains a whole lot. You didn't tell me absolutely anything. Uh, Rich and I, we started uh, investing in them several months ago, and we knew that they were a digital asset. Uh, that's all we really understood them to be. And a lot of, you know, the main public thinks of them as an image or a video, something that um, is technically online that you can sell. That's kind of what we thought it was at the beginning. But as we've dug into the show, we learned they were a lot more and they represent a lot more. They're challenging what, um, ownership actually means. And um, they represent something a lot more. And I could maybe kick it to Rich to go into a little bit of uh, the underlying tech behind NFTs. But the short version is they're a digital asset, but they usually represent something a lot more. And that's what their value comes in. And that's why a lot of people are so freaking interested in this crazy thing called NFTs. Yep. Uh, so the the underlying technology behind a non-fungible token is, is simply, and, and Heather mentioned ownership, and that is the key thing. So why are people paying tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars for these, you know, what people call overpriced JPEGs, right? Pictures that you could take a screenshot of, et cetera. Well, 
it's for ownership purposes, meaning I can actually verify that I am the owner of this one unique non-fungible token. So, you know, I think when I was young, I used to try and go to, um, you know, the malls and, and some of the places where I grew up near New York and try to get autographs of uh, some of the players who were doing signings, right? But those weren't a big deal. Those are just like a quick scribble or whatever. But there's people who are collectors who would pay thousands of dollars for this you know, bat, uh, you know, that Don Mattingly used in game six of the world series. Well, how did you really know you depended on this certificate of authenticity type thing? Well, in NFTs, there's a certificate of authenticity assigned to every single NFT, and it is maintained in a place called the blockchain. Okay. So the blockchain is essentially like a ledger, like a book I have right here in my hand that keeps track of all the transactions on that blockchain. Now, what the heck is a blockchain? The simplest way to think of it is just a network of computers and people behind each of those computers for that respective blockchain. And I'll give you a couple examples of what they are. Ethereum's one, Solana's one, Cardona. I mean, Cardano is one. I wish it was Cardona. We were joking earlier. Um, and this blockchain, there's activity on it. There's transactions on it. There's financial transactions. There's NFT purchases. There's transfers, etc. Well, this network of computers <clears throat> is simply always going. Someone's always validating these transactions. So if you, Richard, were to buy an NFT um, from Heather, you know, that is going to be public knowledge. Like I could look it up to verify. So it is simply saying, I, I, I have something that's quote unquote scarce because I know I have the one, this is it. No one could replicate it. No one could take a screenshot and prove that it's theirs. So that is blockchain technology uh, in its simplest form. So we covered NFTs and we covered blockchains and we will take a breath. Sorry for asking what's an NFT. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, sorry. It's, it's just the basic. So I just had to go right, right, uh, directly to the point. So, yeah. Uh, but thanks a lot. That was a good explanation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what's the whole? Because uh, everybody's probably some people are hearing NFTs, NFTs. <clears throat> what's what's the main purpose of? The whole NFT space. What's what's the main thing? What's the main thing? The the attraction for the NFT besides besides uh, the collectibles and uh, and all that. It's it's an attempt to create digital scarcity, which makes absolutely no sense because to Rich's point earlier, um, we haven't been taught or conditioned to think that anything online can be what he's just said, scarce, right? Yeah. Because you can screenshot things, you can jack it, you can steal it, you can download it. Um, and so blockchain technology and this thing of, of NFTs is tr trying to create a world in which we can make digital assets scarce and more valuable and prove ownership. And I think what's interesting about them there's, there's kind of a twofold thing here. We can look from the collector's standpoint and we can look from the creator's standpoint. The collector's standpoint, I think it's valuable and people are interested in it 
at first because it was a, they see it as an investment opportunity because for some reason these things are valuable and we can make a lot of money. But as it develops and people start educating themselves, they start to see back to the ownership bit that they can actually have a say in some of their favorite brands. They can actually have a part in some of the companies that they follow. And so it's it's less of a just, I'm just going to consume this and be done with it. It's like, I'm actually going to be a partner with these creators and we can go into that later. And from the creator standpoint, it's kind of twofold. I see they see an opportunity to involve their communities a little bit more with their NFTs because of that ownership. And also too, um, it's giving creators an opportunity to actually monetize and get the credit that they deserve for the things that they produce. And I'll end it here, but there was, um, uh, somebody on the call the other day who was sharing with us how there's a lot of beats, uh, drum beats that are used in westernized mm-hmm. songs and they didn't originate um, from those people. They didn't create those. They actually stole them from other cultures and other communities. And so the creators of those drum beats weren't being credited in some of these mm-hmm. mainstream songs because there's no way to kind of trace back who, who created that beat. Well, with blockchain technology, this is an oversimplified example, but um, we can trace back anything to its to its origin. And so creators for the first time are going to be able to actually put their stamp on a piece and be able to trace it to the blockchain that, hey, I created this. I own it. I deserve royalties from that. And so we could go into a whole thing there, but I think that's why people are interested because of ownership um, from a creator standpoint and also to a consumer's. I'm going to... Heather and I agree a lot on things, but there's an obvious point that we didn't mention. People, people are interested to get rich. Like there's a large, large, large amount of people who are interested in the NFT and crypto space because they believe I'm going to buy this. Someone's going to say to buy this and I'm going to buy this NFT. And all of a sudden my life's going to change. I'm going to get to quit my nine to five job and I'm going to take my family on a cruise for a year. That's what really is driving it. What Heather's talking about is as it evolves and the people who really are looking at kind of the long-term effects of this and how to use this technology, I think that's everything she covered. I would say on this, and we're not, we're not on the short-term side at all, just to be very clear, like Heather and I don't flip, we don't buy just to flip or anything like that. But the large majority of people- um, I did flip something the other day. So oh, okay. Full transparency. <laughs> um, it's all good. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so I, I would say that. Uh, is that, you know, just listen to a show like ours. If you want to really learn, if you're looking to flip, then just good luck. And, and, you know, we hope we wish you the best. (laughs) Uh, so how does someone speaking of flipping, but I'm not going to go really into that direction. I'm just the basics of uh, the NFT. How does someone go buy, uh, if they want to buy tomorrow, uh, an NFT, what's the, what's the process? How do they go about Rich, I'll let you go. I got a crying baby behind me. Go ahead. Okay. Um, That's a big question. How do you buy an NFT? There's just, I think, two basic things to understand here is if you are buying an NFT when it's first coming out, which uh, the term there is minting, whenever it's coming to market. Uh, And the second way is to be able to purchase it from a a secondary market. So it's been out for a while, but you want to go purchase an NFT that came out six months ago. So if you are on the minting side of it, so I'm getting in on Rich's project, he just came out, or if he's coming out with it tomorrow, I went in on it. Normally that's done 
directly to creator. So I would go to Rich's website and purchase that NFT from him. Now, if Rich came out with it six months ago, which is forever in the NFT space, I can purchase that usually from a secondary marketplace. And so if you think about like uh, eBay, right? So previously owned, it's been used, but it's still good, good. So we can go to secondary marketplaces. Uh, one of the most common ones from the Ethereum blockchain is OpenSea. And so there's a couple of ways to go about it, um, but just understanding that you can buy a project when it's just starting, that's called usually getting in on the quote, quote, mint, um, but you can also purchase it long after on secondary markets. And uh, on the other side, uh how does someone, if someone wants to create an NFT, how uh, do they go about it? Yeah, I got it. I'm, I'm so sorry if you guys hear anything in the background. I'm, I'm, I'm summoning my patience. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Creating an NFT is actually very simple. And Heather and I decided to try that ourselves. And we documented that on YouTube. But let me just put it into perspective here. When you hear about a project, you think about a 10,000 uh, NFT project, right? And we could just call it uh, Rich, uh, Richie Rich's world of NFTs, right? And you see all these different pictures and it's generative art and it's just an animal or who knows what. And there's all these different versions. Like that's, that's, that's very, very different uh, than, you know, that's, that is a different process that involves developers and a team and all these things. And there's a lot of incentives for a community and for, for a lot of gain. If you are a traditional artist, and we've had many traditional artists on our show, you can literally, and I'll give you a very simple example, our, our friend Andrea, she's a muralist, which means she just paints on sides of buildings and inside of buildings and just amazing, amazing artwork. So she would take photographs of the murals that she would make. And then she found a app or a website that I believe was even free. And she would just add a couple different aspects to it and animate it. And then all of a sudden it was an MP4 rather than a JPEG or whatever. Now an NFT of course can be a JPEG that you upload, but she went on to OpenSea, she created an account, she titled it, she entered data that she wanted to be attached to it, she uploaded it, and then she paid to mint it. And if you're gonna mint, uh, you know, just one, um, you'll have to pay. You'll have to pay a gas fee, which is uh, we're not gonna get into it, but it's the cost of doing business essentially. Um, you know, it's the cost of doing business uh, to to kind of post or to publish something that you want to sell. And that's a one-time fee. So, But she did it and then she sold one. She did it again and then she sold one. So she just did it for like nine, 10 days straight and she was on a very hot streak, but she just, it could be anything, number one. It doesn't have to be generative art, meaning like some algorithmic, crazy combinations of things. It could be a one piece project. It could be uh, audio recording, it could be a video recording, it can be a picture, um, but it's actually far more simple than uh, you could possibly imagine. Okay, and uh, okay, no problem. So, uh, so Rich will be back. So, Heather, uh, can uh, who can create an NFT? Anyone can create an NFT, I think. You need to really get clear on your 
goal of creating an NFT because right now anyone can do it, which is fine. Like we've just made some fun NFTs just because we wanted to. And you can too. I mean, you can, I've heard of some people who scan their family photos and just keep it in a separate wallet because in case anything ever happens, God forbid their house burned down or something, it's on the blockchain and they have access to it. So there could be personal reasons why you would want to you know, create what we call an NFT all the way to the point of, you know, I want to come out with just an extensive project and serve people for years and years. I think mm -hmm. where it's getting interesting, um, challenging is with the ease of being able to create these projects. Um, there's a lot of people making big promises about these NFTs um, who maybe don't have a lot of business backing or understanding of like, these long-term promises that are coming with these NFTs. So if you think about, uh, I, I like to call it a glorified membership, a lot of them represent um, um, some utility, what they call utility in the NFT space, which means just like a function of, of the NFT. Um, so who can make them? Anyone can. Should you make them? Maybe you need to ask yourself what your goals are mm -hmm. and maybe go really simple with it. I mean, we've had, you know, conversations with a, a coffee shop owner who created 10 NFTs one for one, and he just gave them out to his favorite clients and they represented a free bag of coffee once a month. I mean, you could do something really small or simple like that to elevate your business or like Rich mentioned, an artist being able to monetize in different ways. And you can go all in and create projects on your own. Just know that it's a, it's a, big task and um, people come after you if you don't keep your promises with your NFTs. <laughs> and and just one caveat on that, like who can create one because the barrier to entry is so low, the demand, I mean, it's just flood. It's the NFT marketplace is just flooded with, with actual supply, but not necessarily demand. Like regardless of the interest, there's a fraction of the population who's even just on the internet generally who's actually interested in NFTs. But the NFT world, if you're involved, everyone has a project. I mean, there's people who have NFT projects who probably don't even own NFTs, to be completely honest. And that just means it's very, very saturated, which um, obviously makes it kind of difficult to determine if you're a newbie, like someone probably listening to the show, it probably makes it hard to determine like, oh, should I buy that? Or that looks good. I mean, you have no way to tell if you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so just, just that's a caveat I had to mention. There's, there's an insane amount of supply. Okay. And uh, what's, the, uh, what's the average price for an NFT? I, that's in, almost impossible to, to say. I mean, uh, the market determines, I would say, the value. Uh, the same way markets determine the value for business. If I open up a coffee shop down the street and I want to charge $7 and no one comes to my store because they see that, then the market's telling me that's too high, right? And then if I cut, cut it to $2.99 and it's better than Starbucks, then hopefully I have a line out the door. Well, same thing with NFT projects, but and we're not going to have time to cover today, but like the way we market, uh, you know, in Web three, which is a you know NFT is a function of Web three, which oh man, this is crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to think of like how not to make it so crazy. Uh, the market decides is is, is the answer. Meaning, and, 
and it depends on the blockchain when you really dig into it there's yeah. uh different projects on different blockchains and sometimes that uh is is the key factor because a lot of times if you get something maybe on a solana blockchain it's it's a little cheaper than ethereum based so it's wide i think what's interesting to know if you're looking at how much an nft is to understand rich mentioned it earlier these things called gas prices which essentially is just like a processing fee um yeah. and sometimes you can pay more in the processing fee than you are the actual actual NFT. Yes. So that's where a lot of the cost sometimes comes in. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, what, so there's a lot of NFTs out there. What makes a successful NFT project? Uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, we've, we've interviewed a lot of people and, you know, a lot of things that are in common with some of the successful projects that we've noted is uh, I, I would... <laughs> I'm going to say this and it might be unpopular, but it's not the art. Uh, I can tell you that much. Like there's, there's very successful projects that don't have anything that resembles anything you'd want to hang in your house and that's fine. It's digital. But so what makes that successful? Um, I would say knowing the team behind it and potentially the founder is probably one that's always going to come up. Meaning if the people involved in this project, you know, come from software development, or come from tech, or come from marketing, or come from a business background, and they have demonstrated clearly to the market previously that they have a long uh, track record of success and of bringing a lot of value and have the ability to build a community. That's usually something that helps. Not all of them are like that, though. Uh, we have a partner called Deadheads NFT. I mean, they were relatively unknown, but they just had very unique art. But wh why did they? But was it just art? No, it was the fact that they're using the technology in a very interesting way. And how they're doing that is they've turned the characters into an animated series. And uh, the, the kind of example is, you know, imagine if The Simpsons were NFTs and then The Simpsons, the show was born out of that. Well, that's exactly what they're trying to do. So the ingenuity, the creativity uh, is probably going to be a very close second to the founders. And then lastly is probably, and, and Heather, I'm sure there's more, but these are the ones that stick out in my mind. And then the utility, um, like Heather mentioned, utility, utility is a, a very big word you'll hear in the NFT world. And it is what does this NFT represent for the long term? Does it, the utility mean it's going to make me money? Does it mean I'm going to have access to something like Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, V friends mean you have access to Three, uh, his conference for three years in a row. And if you happen to have, uh, I forget what it's called, a podcast panda or something like that, then you get to have him on your podcast. And some of it's randomized. So you don't know what you're going to get when you when you initially buy. So what's the utility? There's just incentives. Okay. Instead of utility, we could just call it incentives, promises, and things of those nature um, that, that really kind of galvanize a community of people who are going to just be evangelists for you and, and be ambassadors for your project. But those three stick out to me um, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's more. Heather, what do you got on your mind? I'll, I'll just take a high-level view of it, of kind of just some Web3 philosophy in general. I know this, we're not talking about Web3 right now, but what's interesting about it is this buzzword uh, community. And um my answer to that question is what makes a successful project. I would say it completely depends on what your community is saying about you and how big of fans you have there, because we have been able to somewhat manipulate perception in web two. I'm successful, even though maybe I'm not because I look like that on IG, I have a ton of followers. So, you know, people must be thinking I'm balling 
Web3 is trying to dismantle a lot of that where there's a lot more transparency going on. And so what makes a successful NFT project is going to be what your community is saying about you, mm-hmm. the fans that you're building, because it's all transparent and we're not going to be able to BS and hide behind stuff anymore. Is our project successful? Go to the community. They're going to let you know. One one thing on that as well, if, if the community builds it up, then the value goes up as well. So like, like the value of it. So, so anyone who wants to come into the project later, you know, if Heather's part of this community and, and I see, and I make her an offer for her NFT on a secondary marketplace, I'm maybe paying three, four, five, 10 X what she got it for. And she's thrilled about it because maybe she has a couple of them and now she's going to make a profit. Why? Because the community came together to make a lot of noise about the project, to support the project. And now I want in. So if the community gets behind and doing what she says they can do for a successful project, then the price is going to go up. That's going to give the founder some royalties because the more times it exchanges, the more royalties the founders get. And the founders, the good ones are going to be like, cool, we could do version two of this project or cool. We could do a spinoff of this project. So it's, it's, it's just this really intricate uh, kind of uh, system. But yeah, that, those are some of the things I think a really successful project. Okay. Uh, two more questions before we go. Sure. How, how do you think the NFT is going to affect our lives in a day-to-day basis and uh, especially in the marketplace in the future? Heather or Rich? I think I would rephrase that to say, how is blockchain technology going to affect our day-to-day lives. NFTs, I personally believe, are going to be here to stay. However, I think for like mainstream adoption, it's going to really change form quite a bit because right now it's kind of like this underground weird thing that some of us are into, but the majority of the public isn't. And that's because um, there is a big barrier to entry with like setting up wallet, learning a cryptocurrency. I mean, you may be lost just hearing what we're talking about. And trust me, Mm -hmm. we're lost half the time. It is a whole, whole, whole lot. But I think the implications of what NFTs represent and blockchain technology are here to stay no matter what, which is not to dig too much into it, but I'd really encourage everybody to search first what is Web3 before they start searching what are NFTs? Because understanding decentralization, understanding um, uh, the transparency of, of the, the blockchain and being able to trace things back, I think is a really important foundation. I think that's going to be here to stay. Um, as far as like some of the day-to-day stuff, I'll name a couple and I'll kick it to Rich. But um, essentially the, these, these wallets that we have, you might be heard of like crypto wallets and you have a wallet for your NFT. I believe that kind of stuff is here to stay where I'm not going to be you know, logging into Facebook and logging into YouTube. And then here's my little purse right here. And I was just putting in my debit card a minute ago to to purchase something or whatever. You're going to be able to put in your information into one wallet. And it's going to give you access to all of these platforms, um, access to your bank account, access to your concert tickets to Coldplay. What up? Going in June. I can't wait. All of the things uh, right there in one central place, um, instead of kind of having like these massive different identities, it's all going to be right there. Uh, Rich, I know, hit it hard, big. No, that was good. I, <laughs> I don't, else, I don't have anything to add. add. I, I, I mean, we talk all the time. I, I feel the same way. I, I agree with Heather 100%. Okay. And the last question is, uh, what advice would you have for someone who wants to get in the space of the NFT space? Um, this is not a plug. I, I, I just believe Heather and I do a very good job of very, uh, simplifying it because we learned on, we learned 
on the podcast. So I would say go listen, go listen to our podcast, NFTs for Newbies, or check out some of our YouTube videos if you want to kind of see a little bit a better depiction, so to speak. But um, that's what we call just homework. Listen, go watch. It doesn't have to be us, but I, I recommend it. But listen, watch, read. Like you have to be in no rush for this. And it is such a cliche thing to say still. But I'm going to say it like it is only the beginning. Things are evolving and evolving and evolving. So number one, don't feel like you are uh, missing out. Uh, there's plenty of time. You can do your learning. The second, and I, I would actually put this as the most important thing is if you want to get into NFTs, do not, please do not put aside a few thousand dollars and think you are going to buy like a grand slam. Just go buy something small, something reputable, something that you may have heard about in your research or on our show or something along those lines. So that way you're playing with money that you can afford to lose. So play with money you can afford to lose because it is a play. It is a very, very highly volatile market. We have, uh, Heather and I have NFTs from one of our favorite entrepreneurs in the world. And you know we had such unbelievably high expectations for this project and it's probably going to win in the long term, but right now it's as good as dead. So, you know, even though we were willing to spend so much, like it's very volatile. So play with money uh, that you could afford to lose. And number two, um, and then if Heather has anything, uh, number two is to just, what was I going to say? Not, not start small, but yeah, start small. Like just look for a small project, reputable project instead of a big one. I think he killed it, man. I, don't, I have nothing to add. That's that. Hundred percent, Heather, Heather Stamp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. So that wraps it up on the uh, the NFT. Thank you guys for uh, for everything. And uh, like I said, you could uh, you could uh, listen to the podcast of NFT newbies uh, with uh, Heather Parody and Rich Cordona on uh, on Spotify, and I think they're on Apple Podcasts too. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so Richard, I have one more thing. This is really important. What? Okay. Call to action. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not given Richard five stars and a review, I'm going to yes. hunt you down and find you. Creating content is a lot of work. And this is a yes. huge service that you're doing for your audience. So yes. leave this man a review. Five stars. Agree. That's it. I'm Agree. Done. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Rich. And, uh, Thank you again for accepting my uh, my invitation. There was something I wanted to say, but now I forgot. Uh, <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> it was our pleasure to be on. But uh, yeah. So like I said, once again, everybody ch uh, check them out. It's a very good uh, podcast. That's where I got a lot of my uh, education on uh, the NFTs. And that's why I brought them in. And uh, yeah, that's the thing I wanted to say. Definitely, we have to do a part two of this and uh, <laughs> that's the thing that crossed my mind so we have to do a part two of this whenever the time is uh, proper and uh, so everybody thanks for your time for listening to this podcast welcome to a better lifestyle with my guests Edward Parody and Rich Cordana from the podcast called NFT for newbies check them out and uh, we'll see you next time on the podcast so thanks everybody thanks Heather and thanks Rich thank you all right thanks thank you for listening to this podcast i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time